Welcome to Two Cents Episode 99. It's June 11, 2017. This is the live undoctored news show we do here at Dollar Views, or at least that we do for one more week. We're coming to the end of the two-year stretch, and we got some good news this week. E3's happening, lots of things. Apple did WWDC. So we're going to be covering tech, TV, movies, streaming, VR. Sometimes we do video games, because like I said, it is E3. As always, or... One more time, as I said, I'm Brian Gillis. You can follow along, Brian Gillis, on Twitter. That's B-R-Y-O-N-G-I-L-L-I-S. You want to go to the website directly, we're dollarviews, that's dollarviews.net. And we're all over the place. We'll be talking about where that is. The most readily available, YouTube, Google Play Music, iTunes. But I'm not here alone. I'm here with Stephen Mominex. Hey. Hey. Uh, I had a really long week. I know you had a long week, mm-hmm. but something dropped that was pretty big that I hope you caught, even though we kind of don't do this thing. Did you see the Black Panther trailer? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm a, I'm just going to wait till I'm in a theater and I see it, but I know it's out there. It, it's That's that's a good way to do it. It uh, looks real fucking good. Um, that's good. It's still, you know, the African Marvel Batman, but hey, it still looks really good. And better than that, you know, it's it's Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan teaming up together. Well, then, but you know, even if Chad McBose, uh, Chadwick Boseman is the star, yeah, yeah. he was not in uh, Civil War that much, but he was in it enough that I wanted to see what he was going to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you gave Civil yeah. War shit for being like the Spider Man uh, spinoff show. That's the Black really Panther was. soft like uh, pilot. Yeah, though. but Black Panther was at least ingrained in the narrative. It was literally like, oh, hey, Spider Man, show up for this action scene. Well, Spider Man okay, wasn't added now. to we that. Don't need you anymore? Like, it really was just shoved in there because that Sony deal happened during pre-production. They yeah, already announced the movie. I get, you know? I get why, but I still think that narratively, it just fucking kills the movie for me. Well, regardless, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan are teaming again. They actually announced it about a day after the trailer dropped. It's going to be the fourth time after Fruitvale Station, Apollo, Creed rather, um, the upcoming Black Panther. And this next one is going to be called Wrong Answer. It's a biopic or scandal pick, whatever you want to call it, about the Atlanta high school scandal a couple years back where teachers were actually giving students answers for standardized testing for a good cause, though, so they could keep the schools in business, keep them open so the kids had somewhere to go instead of dying on the streets. Um, I vaguely remember this. I definitely didn't read the article, but maybe just hearing about passing on college campus. It should be an interesting one. It's going to be produced by Plan B, so that's going to be Brad Pitt and Mm -hmm. co. They're clearly going for Oscar Gold, and hey, they already have the caliber there. Um, I'm all for this one. uh, It it sounds like it's a passion project, and then especially since Kugler's going from big Marvel movie to smaller drama thing again, once again in a black community, because that's kind of what uh, his shtick is. Um, Who knows when this is coming? It's probably going to be... I'm happy that he's not getting locked into a franchise, you know? It's probably going to be uh, either 2019 Christmas time or maybe even 2020. We'll see. Depends how good Black Panther is, probably. Hmm. Come back to another one for the Wakandans. Um, I'd be remiss, though, uh, talking about Black Panther and superheroes starting off the show if I didn't mention, um, sadly, that Adam West passed away uh, yesterday <laughs> at the dear old age of 89. Uh, every single day I see a signed picture that i have in my possession i wish i knew why it was given to the torrance ymca but it is mine him and dick ward signatures are on it um so i can't escape his uh place in my life outside just being one of the many batmen being the one that i closely associate with um so rest in peace is that to really him. your favorite one not the in terms of being like the best portrayal of batman but 
the Batman that I probably closely re- associate with. <laughs> like ba- just the oh, that's uh, taking the campy nature out of it, the concept of someone running around in his underwear is inherently a funny concept, and he's the only one that ever saw that. Hey, well, Adam West, you know, lived a uh, you know lived a very good very life as far life. as as far as show business goes. You know, don't know his personal life, but hey, he mm-hmm. has a legacy behind him. Yeah, he has a pretty good documentary. It, it's no longer fitting. I actually did the research because I was upset uh, initially when I saw the news. I was like, I can't believe he never got his Hollywood Walk of Fame because there's a documentary about that. Um, yeah, that's incorrect. He did get it about four years ago, so that's good to know. Uh, I did a lot of stuff besides Batman. He was in a couple of movies, not yeah, a big in, star. He uh, was in Robinson Crusoe on Mars for like mm-hmm. five minutes. But um... yeah, He has like bit parts in the 60s and 70s, and yeah. he was actually trying to be a serious actor before he got the, the role of Batman. But in later years, you know, doing the Batman animated series as like the Great Ghost, or even better than that, like Fairly Odd Parents as Catman, obviously the mayor on Family Guy, he became a voice actor, and there's so much work that he's done. Um, but yeah, I was... I was kind of fucked up yesterday. Like, you couldn't tell, even though we recorded our episode for the original Mummy. It's like, I woke up, I saw it, I watched the movie, I did the episode, and then as soon as I finished the episode, I kind of had, like, this refractory period. I was just sitting in my room looking at the picture like, Fuck. Yeah, I didn't even hear about it until really late last night. Like, you didn't even tell me, so I did not know no. while we were recording it. Yeah. Yeah. I I do hope, like, people are making jokes about it, kind of. Maybe they're serious. But I do hope that at his, uh, his service that all of the other Batmen show up, that you get Ban- Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Michael Keaton, they all go, Kevin Conroy, they, they fucking, uh, even Diedrich Badger, okay, like, fucking all of them, uh, Troy Baker, I want them all, even um, Will Arnett, just get a picture of them together especially, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Um but something cool talking about movies, talking about Black Panther, and, and maybe even better yet, this wrong answers. There's going to be a new theater in town. It's finally coming my way. I know you go all the time. LA's going to get its first Alamo Draft House sometime early next year. It's about uh, time. Yeah, about fucking time. They've been announcing this like forever. So yeah. yeah. So I, I still don't have my fingers crossed. It's probably going to get pushed, but hopefully Valentine's Day. I can go, and maybe I'll have someone to go with. Maybe I've already met that person. You know, the thing is, though, I'm willing to bet. It seems like I hear about this every time that they open a theater in a um, in a new a, territory. Yeah, is new that market. they don't understand the rules right away, so that people need to be educated on the spot. So I'm willing to bet if you go, you're going to have people that are going to like talk that you're going to want to get them the fuck out of there. Well, I'm be able to do that, but I, given exactly. that the the clientele that they're targeting are basically people that go to the ArcLight anyway, yeah, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Like there might be the hype beast crowd that show up because oh yeah, they have good beer and they have good food and you know they have weird screenings. Plus they have these posters like the well, Mondo like, things. I wonder if they're going to import uh, just uh, like because a lot of the selections here, you know, it's a pretty big selection, but most of mm-hmm. it is local. So I wonder if a lot of that's going to be imported over or not. I mean, there's so many local breweries. I'm pretty sure in all of their markets they do the same thing. They're going to have they a lot just, of L.A. beer there. Too. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's going to be Smog City, Angel City. It's going to be the brewery. It's going to you know, probably be San Pedro, like Long Beach Brewing. Like, it's going to be so many different things of this area that it's going to be uh, a different experience, not just because of the filmic culture, but also the cuisine. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a little more artsy-fartsy. Less well, it also varies from the menus a little bit different from theater to theater. Um, like, 
uh, I, I don't know, the new one that they opened in Mueller, I know, like, they completely, I swear some of the items are the same, they just have different names for them, and the, mm-hmm. uh, the outline's a little bit different on the menu, and the prices are a little different, but... Uh, yeah, they'll probably uh, get more creative depending on what territory you're in. Because I have yet to go in another place like Denver or uh, Houston or you know New York, like th- or Omaha. Like they're 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 kind of all over now. I think there's like 35 uh, draft houses, and six of them are here in Austin, which the is good insane. News. The good news is just like the ones you have, every auditorium is going to have 35 millimeter. It's going to have IMAX and it's or not IMAX, rather not IMAX. Uh, 3D and 4K projection. Yeah, so it's going to have the the no, three they, big they have the heavy hitters, no matter what of everything. So, am looking forward to that. Hope it does come. Um, I really still... can't remember the last time I've had a real like shitty projection issue. Uh, me either, to be honest. I I think the last time I had a problem with the projector was. Right before I started working at AMC, or right when I started working there, like I, when I saw Tomorrowland, it wasn't exactly, it didn't match. It's it, like, like when I was in California, I got used to knowing, uh, you know, what what theaters themselves just had like really crappy bulbs that were just, you know, had like really fuzzy digital images on them, or mm-hmm. even at theaters that had good projectors, knowing which auditoriums were the good ones and which ones were the bad ones, depending on sound or uh just image you know or what have you they weren't all consistently good and draft house i have not had to worry about that in a long long time so i'm grateful Hmm. well i'm grateful too something i'm not grateful though is e3 um it's been kind of it's been a stinker so far i could have actually went yesterday it started off with ea's play i had a ticket it was free to the public to go and try out like star wars battlefront 2 the new fifa nba live madden need for speed the only one i really wanted to try was need for speed because i I like race car games Mm -hmm. i decided against it kind of stayed in and watched the presser from home and there was actually like nothing Uh, there was one game which i forget the name of currently that's being made by the people that did brother tale two sons and it's going to be co-op only. You can either play couch co-op or online, and it's going to be real cinematic, where it's like two guys that meet in prison and then work together to get out, and it's going to be um, kind of uh, asymmetric. It's going to, on one side of the screen, you're going to see the person who's in a passive role kind of just watching the other side. It's going to be someone actually being the aggressive role, like playing, like figuring it out. There's going to be different paths you can take, different conversations. Uh, like I said, I wish I knew the name. I could research it, but it looks real good. It, chances are, if you follow video games and you do listen to E3 and you are aware of these kind of things, now fuck it, I'm not going to take that chance. Let me actually find the name for this thing. Uh, just because the fact that EA is trying a new IP, which is very rare for them, and then even better than that, it's that it, it's couch co-op, which is just never done anymore. It's mm-hmm. hardly ever a thing. Uh, it's called a way out, and it's coming from Sweden. So yeah, I'm probably gonna pick that up if it's the right price. We'll see. Uh, Xbox continued the trend though today. They had one um, that was a long. It was about like 95 minutes to an 100, and they didn't really show anything. They like boasted, oh, we got 42 games, and that they did. The problem was the only reason the show even existed this year was for them to finally show off Project Scorpio, which we've talked about for about a year now. Um, it has a real name. It's a real bad one. It's Xbox One X, which sounds a lot like Xbox One S, which is the other system that's out there. So now there's the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, and the Xbox One X. Uh, which, okay, so S is slim, but what's X supposed to be? Extreme. It's the Scorpio. It's the one with the four ta- uh, 
teraflops and the the nine gigs of ram and it has this uh vapor water cooling and and check it out it has a built-in enclosure and it's the smallest xbox ever made uh the cool things about 499.99 so no one's gonna buy it yeah yeah uh, this is the funny part about the price point too. The original Xbox One was four ninety nine ninety nine, and no one bought it. And what do they do? They took out all the things they didn't need. The Connect, fuck that. We don't need it anymore. Now it's three ninety nine. No one bought it. Now, as of right now, if you get an Xbox One S, a slim, they drop the price fifty bucks, so you can get it starting at two fifty, which isn't a bad deal. It's still a good system. If you want a media center, it is far superior to a PS4 as of right now. It has four K Blu Ray playback and Dolby Atmos and HDMI in, and among other things. Um, not a bad system, but mm-hmm. this one, which is twice the price, doesn't really do anything that the current one doesn't. But you know, it's quote unquote the strongest video game console ever made it has also a 4k blu-ray player and it does dolby atmos and hdmi in and out uh but this one you know is it's in a smaller package and it's more powerful the thing is last year when they announced it initially said this is going to be a console and they're jabbing at playstation that's actually vr ready you're going to be able to plug a vr headset in and actually use it they not once, not even a little bit, not even winkingly, mention VR, AR, or mixed reality, their own keyword, at their press conference. Instead, they showed 42 games. They showed games that were both either new or kind of new but re-released, or even worse than that, old, really old, like 20 years old. Because Xbox, since they don't know how to make games, only now does backwards compatibility. 360 was a big get for them. A lot of people love that about them. Now they're doing original Xbox, which, hey, it's kind of cool, especially because I own that Fusion Frenzy and I wanted to play it, but now I don't have to buy original Xbox again. I can play Fusion Frenzy or the original Halo or, you know, I actually can't think of any other games that I would ever want to play. Maybe Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, But there aren't that big of a library. But that's how they can kind of go, hey, fuck you guys. Um, But yeah, so it's going to get VR probably, but as of right now, we don't know that. And it is essentially a $500 upgrade for people that could have upgraded $350 just last Christmas. It's coming out November 7th, I want to say. So right in time for Black Friday. Um, and the, the saddest part is that almost every game they showed off wasn't an exclusive exclusive, because there were a couple of those. Forza 7, there was, uh, fuck, there's Crackdown 3, Cuphead, but most of them were launch exclusives, meaning a timed exclusive or a paid window, which oculus does and microsoft started doing about a year ago with rise of the tomb raider which is just the shittiest way to get things to be on your system um and a lot of the ones are things that are going to probably have a bigger audience on playstation anyway uh but yeah tomorrow or actually bethesda happened today also where they showed off doom and fallout vr so that's super exciting doom actually it's uh called vfr which i would assume is very fucking real or something like that with their naming scheme. That's going to be on PSVR as well as HEC Rift, uh, HEC Vive, and Oculus Rift. Price at thirty bucks. I was just looking at the Amazon pricing window. So if you have Prime, you can get it for like twenty-seven. I probably will. That's going to be out this year. And then Fallout's going to be on HEC Vive solely right now, probably just because it's the one with the best room scale and tracking that it, it makes the most sense from a, a first way out. Uh, but it's probably going to go to all three, just like Doom is probably in all three. Uh, that's exciting, though. As as someone who started the the new Doom campaign not too long ago, looking forward to this. I, I hope it's good. Mm. Um, four ninety nine ninety nine. 
I know you don't exactly play video games anymore. Let's say you were. Would um, you spend that much money it. on a fucking video game system? No, I'm looking it up right now. I'm actually still deciding between a PS4 and an Xbox One. Because um, mm-hmm. I might make that decision by the end of the summer. But, uh, yeah, you know, at this point, just on the prices I'm looking at, I'd rather drop 200 bucks on an Xbox One. Yeah, you can easily I, I get... I feel like I'm fine with that. You can get an original Xbox One for $200 easy. If, yeah. like, you know of the right person, you probably get one for, like, 150 with and some games. And that's off Amazon. I could mm-hmm. find better ones for cheap, yeah. I'm sure. You can get a Slim with some games for $200, $250. Yeah. This one is $500. It's not going to come with a game. It's only going to have one terabyte of storage, not, like, two or four or something amazing. A PS4 Pro, which admittedly is a weaker system, but hey, actually has real exclusives, is only $400. And I have a feeling since Sony's press conference is tomorrow, I'm sadly going to be at work when it happens, but I'm sure I'm going to find a way to listen anyway, they could easily do a price drop. The PS4 Slim got a price drop this week momentarily to 250 It's a gold system. It's kind of sexy. I got the gold controller just because, hey, why not? I just bought it yesterday. If they drop the Pro... To 350 or having forbid 300 somehow, no one's buying an Xbox this year, especially not the one that costs the money. Because 4K and HDR, as you and I both know, might be really cool spec sheet numbers, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really make a difference. No, it can in the future, but why release this system now when the future's not now? Well, I and think, the yeah, future, yeah, especially for VR, if resolution mm-hmm. can get better in the helmet, oh, then, it yeah, will definitely. See, th- I mean, that's... as far as TVs, though, for some that's like what fifty inches. Like unless we get big ass screens, then mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, but not no VR definitely that's not the... for TVs. Though that's the craziest fucking thing. Microsoft has both HoloLens and their mixed reality headsets. They have at least two coming to market this Christmas. They have the Acer one, they have the HP one. We know the price points on those. Those are going to be $300. They're coming with controllers. It's built into mm-hmm. Windows 10's operating system. This is a known thing. They've already had press conferences on these. And yet they had another one today where they show off this big computer that doesn't even supposedly have the equipment ready for VR anymore, at least because a lack of information is a lack of interest or something. I was thinking about buying an Xbox to try out their VR. Now I don't even know if that's even going to be a thing or if it's going to be a launch Not window thing. Anyway. It's supposed to be, though. If the system comes out this Christmas and their VR headsets come out this Christmas, why would you not just naturally have them work together? They have five months. This thing doesn't have a finished box. They could change the name if they wanted. It's not the place to make that announcement. It is the place to make that announcement, though. E3 is the pinnacle of video game journalism. It's where you show off the big game that's going to come out the next year, or you start the new trends, or you buck trends, or anything. It's where you make a difference. Gamescom is not that. Game Developers Conference is not that. That is not why you go to uh, trade shows. It's why you go to E3. Yeah, you're not going to go to fucking like GameStop Expo or the PlayStation Experience. Well, especially not PlayStation Experience. Uh, I just I, I maybe TwitchCon, but even still, I don't see that because hey, they got Mixer, which they're still trying to make happen, and that's a competitor. So I I have no clue. I would assume we're not going to be doing the news when this happens. So I guess I'll just be tweeting about it. Um, but I I think it's the biggest missed opportunity, even more than the price point. It's it's kind of scary to me. I'd be beyond surprised if these things fly off the shelves. If for nothing other than the reason that parents are confused by the name, where their kid mm-hmm. goes, I want the Xbox One X, and they hear S, 
and they get the S for Christmas. And they could make a prof- a profit on it, I guess, as long as they don't put too many in production. Who knows? Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Talking about VR, though, at least someone is joining the game. Apple, who did do WWDC, as I said, Worldwide Developers Conference this week, they are embracing both AR and VR, so both slices of the pie. Uh, they also showed off computers to work with these. They have a new high-spec iMac, and better yet, an iMac Pro. They're going to offer better screens, 5K, like the highest brightness ever, blah, 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 Intel Cabby-like processors, and then how VR works, an external GPU dock, which allows HTC Vive headsets to work on Cupertino Tech. Uh, Pretty exciting. It's going to be not into the actual enclosure, but this thing's a monster, the, the iMac Pro. It's something insane, like... You can get like 64, 32 gigs of RAM, like the like solid state drive, like this, that, like state of the art, like i9 processor. Like, you know, this is going to be a fucking beast. The only problem is, just like Microsoft, uh, this computer is going to cost $5,000. Um, even for VR enthusiasts, that's too much money. Mm-hmm. Like a top of the line gaming PC yeah, is super wealthy to get that. Even still. Top-of-the-line gaming PC isn't more than 2000 I'm talking, like, liquid cooling with, like, the the video card that just came out yesterday with literally, like, the, the best processor on the market, and you have this and that. And you're, you're paying for the name, and you're paying for it late to the game. But at least the, the Mac, the cold of Mac, is going to be able to do this kind of stuff, which is exciting. And like I said, even more exciting is that they're finally embracing AR, basically because of Pokemon Go, um, iOS is getting something called AR Kit or Augmented Reality Kit, uh, which is going to be SDK, which promises to make augmented reality work from the ground up on their mobile hardware, so both iPads and iPhones. Um, and it's going to just give like boosted performance. It's going to be more realized, and it's not going to be all software based. Uh, I don't know when this is coming. It's probably going to be later this year, and I'm sure Pokemon Go, if people even follow that news anymore, are going to go crazy about it and be like, "Oh, this is why I buy a new iPhone." It. I know they, I know they still do. I had this conversation earlier this week. It's just, I can't imagine that this is being made for that. It's probably just going to piggyback on Pokemon Go until a true augmented reality killer app comes to surface. Like maybe a Pokemon Go that's more realized, not just like a fitness Mm -hmm. tracker with Pokemon implementation. You know, I, I still don't under, it's Pokemon. That's the appeal. (laughs) Um, the other thing that Apple's late to the game with this week though, because they only really showed off two things at WWDC is they're chasing Google home and Amazon echo into the voice assisted speaker game. There's, is called the home pod, which is like, just sounds way too sci-fi for me in the wrong way. It it doesn't sound very, um, call it the Siri speaker. I mean, see, that sounds more like uh, it fits with the brand, but I mean, HomePod, that's not very inspiring. What it reminds me of when I first saw the name was those original iHomes that weren't even made by Apple. It was just those, like, iPod slash iPhone docks where it was an alarm clock and you put your iPod on it and then it would play the music a la speaker or you could make your alarm clock play something off your iPod. It was iHome. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the, the advanced version of that. It's the HomePod. <laughs> it's literally taking iHome and iPod and merging them together. Just put Siri into it, and you can give it orders, and that's it. Well, Siri is in it. See, that's the thing. Yeah. It features Siri, no, and I'm as you would assume... I didn't have that. I had one of those. Oh, you had one of those? Yeah, that's uh, cool. 
it's probably going to cost more than an Amazon Echo or a Google Home. Probably more than those two combined. It's probably also going to be like $500. The acoustics are supposed to be really good, but who cares? That's what Sonos is for. Um, but hey, at least they're joining these industries. You know, they like mm-hmm. Microsoft, even if they're slow, even if Xbox wasn't the place, like you said, to show off this stuff, even though it is literally the place to do it. Um, well, I, the I, I, infrastructure is getting maybe bigger. they're just not ready and they can't confidently no, they, do it. No, they know. are ready. All, all, How this many is all times the... have there been things promised at E3 that just haven't happened yet? Yeah, that's literally everything Microsoft showed off this year was things that they showed off last year and now they have dates. Cuphead, which has been delayed for like two and a half, three years. Same goes for Crackdown 3. Last year, Scalebound, which they showed off, has been canceled. A couple other things have been canceled since last year. They showed off Scorpio last year. They showed off the Pirates game that was a big hit. The only surprise were like a couple of indie games that looked really cool, and also Players Unknown's Battlegrounds, mm-hmm. which, once again, is only a timed exclusive. And isn't that big of a deal? Because I have to imagine that sucks to play with a controller. By the time that rolls around, the hype could die down, and probably the Battle Royale online com- uh, community is going to move on to something else. Um like when I actually think about it now, the big big thing that they showed off was uh, Minecraft with, uh, like the Minecraft now is gonna have like cross compatibility, so people on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, mobile, and VR can all play together at the same time, which is kind of cool. But once again, it's Minecraft, so who the fuck cares? It's for kids, and this is someone who owns a lot of Legos, like literally for kids though. Uh, the final well, little a lot piece. Of people already still play it actually. No, I'm aware of that. Just, it's not really a game. It's kind of like, it's a sandbox. Yeah. You know, it's That's it's fair. something to do after work when you're unwinding or something to do after, like, doing homework. Uh, it's it's a great tool for, like, expressing your creative side. I want to build a mine. I want to build a city. I want to build this. That's awesome. But as one of the few IPs that Microsoft owns and the one that they pushed the hardest at E3 this year... It seems kind of silly to try to sell your 4K video game machine, the quote-unquote you know, most powerful console ever made, with Minecraft, with new 4K resolution. No, it's Minecraft. In 4K, it still looks like Minecraft. It's still bricks and squares, and it looks like it's pixelated, and that's a, a purpose. Uh, last little piece of news, though, we got before we uh, shout out our supporters on Patreon. Uh, SiriusXM is going to buy, or they're in the process of buying, a 16% stake in Pandora, which doesn't sound that big, but it's $480 million. I had no clue Pandora is worth that much money. I think it's because they're advertising. It's 16% too. It's only 16%, right? Like, that's, that's yeah, crazy. It's like half a billion dollars for that. Like, if that valuation would mean, what is it? It's like 480 divided by 16 means that 1% is worth 30. So that means it's worth $3 billion. That's crazy. <laughs> Sounds about right, actually, now because they've been around for so long. They've yeah. been longer than anyone else. Spotify, Apple Music, even iTunes, for a matter. Oh, no, Pandora came out like the same time as iTunes. Yeah, like Pandora really took off. I want to say like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few years before. That. It was like ten years ago. Yeah, I guess it was like ten years ago, which is still a couple years after the iPod. But I remember I had this conversation earlier. I. I used Pandora a little bit for a stint there. Like, it was the end-all, be-all for a couple of years there. It's like, 
I just I want to DJ. I don't know what I want to listen to. I want to pick one song, and I'm going to find out about other music that kind of sounds like that one song. You'd write it down, like in the air before Shazam. Like it was a kind of special learning tool for music. But I don't think that's why Sirius XM is interesting. I think the real reason here is that it means there's a future for radio that outside of subscription models like Tidal and Apple's Beats Radio or maybe like Spotify or even like Audible that there could potentially be a way since Sirius XM is just satellite radio that it could find a way on the internet because since satellite radio is not even necessary anymore since bandwidth mobile is so fast you could just do internet radio and maybe this is them trying to transition into what makes Pandora, Pandora tick because they're not going to get dissolved. They're going to still work together now. That's what it is. Like it's a co-op. You know, it's it's no different than uh than Wanda and IMAX working together, or like Alibaba and IMAX, or or whoever else out there. It's just working together to make more money. Um, I like it. You know, maybe you know Howard Stern has a Sirius XM show. Maybe he has like ads on Pandora now, or I, I'm not sure how it's exactly going to work. Um, but the future of radio is something that I'm interested in since this is pretty much a radio show, just without commercials. Except we do have commercials, and we have people that pay for them. Here's our supporters. We have Evelyn, which graciously supports $5 a month. That is nothing. That's a cup of coffee. Most people out there get four or five of those a week. She only pays for one, and that's us, and that's the energy that we bring her. And then the other supporter that we have who graciously donated. Yeah, I wish I had some right now. Uh, is Tyler yeah. over at Future Horse Podcast. He supported us while he was on our show last week. Very, very nice of him. It was funny. The one time where I forget to turn off my phone yeah. and the alert happens to be his email. Where yeah. I wouldn't have known... I wouldn't have known until after the show when I checked my yeah. email. Um, I'm pretty Which makes sure sense he was literally asking for the link to type <laughs> it out while he, just to do that. I'm pretty cool. sure though the only reason he supports us is so he just has a secret little uh, ad window on every one of our shows now. It's like we're gonna send people his way regardless now. Like we have to. It's like oh yeah, Patreon.com/slash/dollarviews. Also, while you're at it, go to Patreon.com/slash/futurehorse. Go to futurehorse.com. How about Twitter, futurehorsepod? <laughs> Uh, but really, you should do that. You should follow him. He is a great guy. He has even more shows than we do, and I'm pretty sure he's just going to make more. He he never stops. He's really nice. Um, and if you haven't heard his content, yeah, you probably should. He's awesome. Yeah, there's some good stuff out there. So, uh, yeah, by all means, go for it. Probably one of the only good things I have to show for uh, Reddit in my life. You know, <laughs> really weird, kinky porn, an interesting community to talk about, PlayStation VR with, and Tyler. That's like That's the three things. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested, because we do do so much, even though this one is going to end next week, uh, we, you can yeah. find us all over the webs. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, Tumblr, Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, SoundCloud. If you can think of it, we're there. And you can support us on Patreon if you'd like to do that. Uh, I might get some help on our actual website, once again, which is dollarviews.net. Because uh, right now it's just a WordPress-like s- standard theme. But hey, maybe someone will help me design something better. Um, some quick follow-up on things that happened over the last couple of weeks or months or whatever, just catching up finally. We have something just I, that I'll never really fully understand, uh, Okja, or better yet, the Netflix compir- conspiracy, the idea that theater chains hate Netflix and their films because they don't actually have a real theatrical window. It was a big deal in France, 
the Parisians or French rather. Uh, I mean, it's really even a big deal here because their stuff does not get theatrical releases here. Even when it did, it fucking tanked. Yeah, but the real deal here with this situation is we don't like that you're going to be in our film festival and you're not in a theater, which is understandable. You know, I get that, especially for a, a cinephile city like, well, not even city, but country like France's. Yeah. But we'll now, now it's South Korea. So, Boon Joon-ho, one of the biggest South Korean filmmakers, mm-hmm. huge, huge hit both there and stateside. The top three theatrical chains in South Korea are boycotting his film. This makes up 93% of the screens in the country. Meaning, the likelihood of viewers catching one of his this film, just Okja, which has a big international cast like Tilda Swinton and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal... They're either going to have to get a Netflix account or pirate the thing or, heaven forbid, find a little art house theater that's playing it locally, which may not even be a thing in South Korea. And so the idea here is, fuck you, we're not going to support your movie because we don't get an exclusive window. In South Korea, it's a lot smaller than it is in America. It's only three weeks that it has to stay in theaters before being on home video, which explains why Asian territories usually get the bootlegs online fast. Mm-hmm. This is just going to ramp up Netflix subscriptions. If I you mean, just... as if that wasn't bound to happen already. It, it's kind of the same thing here, you know. It, it um, was bound to happen, but like they put out Beasts of a No Nation in like thirty theaters because no one was going to cooperate with them for that. It's going to be the Adam Sandler argument, where so let me get this straight: it's only ten dollars a month. The movie ticket is going to be ten dollars just to see this one movie. Well, every month I'll just pretend like I go to the movies once a month, and then the the price of admission is paid for. I can just watch the TV because they, they, they're ramping up their stuff. Even though uh, the week before last, they got rid of the get down. They canceled that this week. They canceled sense eight, which is just just freaking out that they were going to get canceled. And that's a whole thing online. It's whole really bad timing because sense eight got canceled the week that pride started, (laughs) which is just bad. But then again, it's a show that costs like $8 million an episode. The get down costs like $13 million an episode, which is more expensive than anything ever like even like friends at the end of its uh life cycle when everyone's making a million an episode was still cheaper than this stuff yeah you know and it's like these theaters are losing a hundred percent of a profit margin they could have got people to go they're not going to make up a dime now as a sign of boycotting and i guess they want this to kind of look at like a way as standing up to the man but if, then anything, if it's a day-and-date release in theaters and on Netflix, then how much money were they going to make to begin with? That's true. But even better than that, if these people love their Netflix and they never had it before because it's fairly recent in that territory, they may just stop going to the theaters altogether. If they have as bad of experiences as I do, especially like just thinking about South Korean movie theater snacks, I have to imagine people eat kimchi in theaters. Like I don't want to. That's where four, smell that. uh, 4D came from. Is it really? Yeah, I think that's where the whole system of that. Like, I think what they brought in LA was based off um, a theater that was in South Korea. Hmm. I it, think I I can't remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure the territory is South Korea. The only explanation for this kind of just foo foo nature is fat cats don't understand the role internet plays in media's evolution. That. 
there is not a problem with day and date. One ticket sold is one ticket sold, and it's going to sell out. Or rather, it would sell out. He is a big hit. You know, it, there's not going to be an issue. This isn't Kerry Fukunawa. This is not Chirac. You know, this is not Woody Allen, Cafe That's Society. The thing, Amazon's also playing it safe because they're not doing day and date. They're going with a the theatrical window and then they're putting it out there because they know everybody will watch it when it's out on streaming. I mean, that, I lose that's kind of a smarter movie. move, honestly. Like, it just, it's a different move. I people li- that really want to see it in theaters, they can go. Everybody else, they can wait a little bit because they're going to watch it no matter what. It doesn't have to be day and date. Yeah, but Amazon probably only has that model because they wanted to be counter-programming to Netflix. If Amazon was first to the game, they probably would have went with day well, and date. It's just like waiting a little bit, like, you know, or makes a lot of more it. sense to me because if you want to, like... Like, just having a theatrical window, that's, like, part of why it would feel more like a premium experience as opposed to going to, like, just waiting on video. If you really want to see something and you want to see it before anybody else, then you go out to see it. Mm-hmm. Watching it at home, like, and seeing it first, it doesn't really give you that little, you know, special feeling of, like, uh, it or does, just that premium though. experience. It really doesn't. It depends on what you're watching. It I really think doesn't. Like, when that... something's on video, you can wait just to watch it at home, well, and not, not everybody's going to appreciate the fact that they're watching it first. They're not just video, like... but day or the weekend release of a Netflix program or even movie is still a big deal. Yeah, like, it's pretty disposable. I mean, it is because like people stop talking about it within a week of its release just because there's so much content out there. But Yeah, it's not special Like, at all. look at... Um, Okay, House of Cards isn't a good example because that show's kind of at the end of its rope. And also, actual politics are more interesting this time around than House of Cards can, <laughs> you know, display. But, shoot, like... What's something on Netflix that just came out recently? Okay, The Defenders. When The Defenders comes out in a couple of months. That's mm-hmm. going to be a big deal for probably a week or two. Just because. And then people are going to stop talking or about it. Or Stranger Things. Just because. They were talking about oh, that definitely Stranger Things season yeah. two. Like I'm, I'm probably gonna binge the first season. Yeah, but I mean, okay, TV wise, that's one thing. Um, but you know, as far as theatrical releases, yeah, they just get tossed out there and forgotten about. It's because they have so many. I think that's the reason why they're finally canceling things. Because up until this past two weeks, only things they really ever cancel were like Lilyhammer, and that was their first show. So of course they were going to cancel it. It was not up to like par. Like it, they're far past that nowadays. But. Oh, no, a lot was... of people say House of Cards is their first that they forget about Lily Hammer. Mm, well, even House, House of, of Cards, Cards was the like... one that really broke out. That they yeah, really it, it broke through, but it was like number four, I think it was. As there was Lily Hammer. There was something else I forget the name of that also only ran for like two seasons. There was something else, and then it was House of Cards. But yeah, House of Cards is the breakthrough success, and that's because of David Fincher, um, Kevin fucking Spacey. Kevin Spacey, and, and Robin Wright. You know, it's got, and then now nowadays you got like Nev Campbell and Joel Kinnaman. You got Marcia Allah or Ali. Um, there's so many people that have come through or come out of it that it's. You know, it's like pinnacle streaming. It's going to, when people are studying in, in media studies or whatever, internet studies in the next couple of years in classrooms and textbooks or actually ebooks, it's going to be one of the examples they show where it's like, and this is when the tide turned, when internet TV, streaming TV was better than or just as good as TV on an actual television has been for 100 years. It's going to be the, the example. Um, up there probably with like Transparent and um, maybe like The Handmaiden's Tale on Hulu 
right? Because, you know, they're going to want, like, one from each service. Keddy, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube Red. Uh, <laughs> something they... Th- you that really love that. It's so, I need to buy that Blu-ray. Is I really do. Yeah, it's, it's been out. It's just it's pricey. It's on the pricier side of things. I'm like, still waiting for you to make me watch that. <laughs> no. No? It's not. Like, you just watch it on your own time. It's a documentary. I don't think forcing someone to walk, watch a documentary is a good idea ever. just not smart just like rebooting a movie too many times which is apparent i mean i in did the tom cruise movie. watch tickled so i'm gonna get around to that i think it's yeah, still that on worked HBO. out actually i think it's still I, on I, HBO. I don't know if enjoy was the word but they definitely thought things about it i'll look into that when i get off tonight i'm just gonna see see if it's still <laughs> on streaming i'm not sure uh but yeah the, the the dark universe first film came out this weekend tom cruise's the mummy and America really didn't want it. Uh, it made something like twenty-seven million dollars, which yeah, it was like thirty or under. It's uh, pretty sad. It, it got doubled For by Wonder Woman. Twenty-five million, though, that's not bad. Well, globally, I mean, like it's not as bad. Rather, globally is is a big hit. It's the biggest opening in Tom Cruise's career in China. Real good numbers, like in South Korea. I think globally, it's made like one hundred twenty-seven million. So it's made its budget back. Maybe not its marketing budget, but it it will over the course of time. And given that it's a part of a franchise, and better than that, when it comes to streaming and digital and video on demand slash uh, home media sales, it's going to come out positive. There's no doubt about that. But critics hate it. It got a bad cinema score. I think it was like a B minus or a C. Um, no one's seen it. I still want to see it. I might go on Tuesday. I might catch, like, one of the, the cheapo tickets just because I'm... After seeing the other two reboots of The Mummy or two versions of The Mummy this past week, I'm very interested. You just want to come full circle? Yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing this new version. I'm interested in seeing how they kind of set up this dark universe. And what I'm really interested in is the future of it. And given that this one came out this week, Alex Hertzman was actually talking about dark universe stuff. He announced that uh, Phantom Opera and Hunchback of Notre Dame are also going to be included in this franchise, which is awesome because those are two of the lesser known or kind of forgotten universal monsters since they weren't yeah. exactly monsters. But hey, Claude Rain is one of them you know like i mean i this thing is definitely not dead after this weekend if it made that much money worldwide then Mm -hmm. yeah they're gonna keep going with it but i think honestly i mean you know with the mummy even if tom cruise was in it i just don't think that the appeal is there stateside for these for this uh dark universe and I mean, really think about it. The Phantom of the Opera and Hunchback of Notre Dame, like, how do you market that to an American audience? I don't think they're going to care. Like, it'll, With a good I'm cast. I'm sure it'll get made, but I doubt they'll care. Good cast is going to sell it, because as of right now, we have for sure Frankenstein, or at least Bride Frankenstein, Invisible Man, we got a Wolfman, Hunchback, Phantom, we're going to get a Dracula, we got Dr. Jekyll mm-hmm. and Mr. Hyde, we just did The Mummy, We'll probably get Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's nine movies. Throw in their team-up movie, that's ten movies. Also, you know, maybe a thing about The Mummy is that even though you have Tom Cruise in there and you market his name, like, mm-hmm. who is The Mummy really, like, as far as, like, a name that you're trying to pitch it as? Like, Sophia Botella. Yeah, I know, but it Scissor doesn't Girl really... Girl from Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems like there's some confusion there where people don't necessarily understand what the monster is or what Tom Cruise is in the whole thing. I said, so, as far as I gather, he's connected in some way, like, spiritually Well, yeah, I mean, because he's supposed mummy. to be dead, and yet he's yeah. not. So I get that. But, 
I, I think just as far as a marketing perspective, it I think it failed to connect in that sense where you know you have the main star and the title. Well, it's going to be like a finger cuffs thing. is the titular mummy, and it just doesn't seem like as far as marketing that meshed well. In all of these films, I think it's gonna all it's gonna be the mummy and Tom Cruise. Like that's how they kind of sold it, where they went, "Hey, Tom, you don't have to do any makeup. You're not gonna have to do special effects work. You can just do your stunts, and you can be you, and you can have fun. And then she's gonna do it, you know." And well, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Phantom of the Opera, like at least those are titular characters that have a better chance at being pitched. I'm not so sure that the mummy made that clear, and but I've not seen the movies. So. I think it's just bad timing. Wonder Woman had a great box office draw. It didn't exactly hit where I wanted it to. It's not 80, but it, it only had a more 40 this weekend than I think people expected. It had so. a 45% drop off, which is which fucking is not crazy. Bad. That's better than like 90% of average. movies. Yeah. yeah this so. had a had a weaker drop off than Batman Superman Suicide Squad fucking like man of steel uh like dark knight rises like this this is a really strong film i think next weekend it's going to do well regardless i saw captain underpants this week i saw the other recent superhero film that one's good too that's already uh broke even worth watching especially in 3d um lots of funny jokes and i saw it with a, a crowd of kids like there was I, I think two or three other families of like three or four people it was fun it was a fun watch I you know I, I have most of the books on my bookshelf. I, I got a vinyl pop figure of him this week as well, uh, just to commemorate the experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, talking about families, this is probably the worst thing this week. Um, Sony has begun making clean versions of its film library available I saw on that digital on my Voodoo catalog. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's. Basically going to be censored versions coming to Vudu, as you mentioned, iTunes, Fandango Now, and I'm sure eventually all streaming uh, well, areas. Honestly, it's like, I mean, they're basically TV versions. Like, I yes. assume that, you know, with uh, Netflix and uh, Amazon that, like, basically TV versions were going to die. Nope. Now I guess not. Now well, I guess they're still going to be around at least as an option of whether or not it, you want them that I, way. I kind of get it. Like, say you do have a conservative family and you don't exactly want your kids to see the full Monty, either the film or just as a kind of loose term for the whole thing. Um, and some of these, it makes sense. It's like money, Moneyball and Crouching Tiger, yeah, there's a little bit of adult subject matter there, a couple of F-words that you can cut out, make it easier for uh, for some kids to watch. I'm curious to see what Elysium looks like, right? honestly. Just the Charlottesville Copley scenes. I'm like, well, I'm more interested that? in why would you do this to Step Brothers and Ricky Bobby? Or better yet, what is wrong with Pixels that you need to put it on the list? That uh, is as kid-friendly, friendly, Adam Sandler-ly, soul-out, Chris Kids Columbus. Would like it, but I wouldn't say it was kid-friendly. Yes, it, it, okay, there's like one or two sex jokes. There's okay? quite a few sex jokes. But it's not obscene it's not offensive peter dinklage was pretty much obscene the entire time in as a, far as pg-13 is concerned in yeah. like an over the waist way you know like it's not gonna you're not gonna go oh my god i can't believe our kid just saw this please someone sue sony over this kind of thing and a lot of people aren't happy it's yet. a tv version man like it's i, we, I know, find it what i do like is that they're not forcing this how it's working is if you have yeah. a voodoo copy or better yet if you buy a voodoo copy you're gonna get the standard copy and you're gonna get this family friendly one so you and it's the like adults these things are can be watch made for television like i i started one of them and it literally you know has that banner of like you know this it's been modified been modified yeah, for, yeah. so i don't know it's like if they're making this stuff anyway i guess they found a way to at least um 
store it. The Amazing Spider-Man films are on this list, though. Yeah, no, that's it was weird. weird. Like that's weird. I looked, I looked at the. Um, they, they have like a, tr- a trailer for it explaining the process, and they showed a clip from the Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. where he gets shot with, um, you know, like this hook oh, while no. he's swimming, and that or when, no, not swimming, swimming, uh, swinging. Yeah. Um, and like it just like it's like this something. is what it looks like, and here's the censored version. I'm like, what do you need to censor? Oh, I get it, so that you don't see him getting impaled. Oh no! Okay, fine, fine, because that was so bad to begin with. When kids are watching on TV The Walking Dead and playing graphic video games, maybe even in virtual reality, not to mention sending sex pictures on Snapchat. Uh, they're definitely concerned about these little f bombs or gratuitous nature hey, of films that were meant keep for in kids. Mind, in the it first is place. a big country, you know. There are families or that actually it's, do... rather it's a big world. This is probably maybe targeted at Japan and China more than America. No, uh, there, well, there's a lot of places in the country too that are super conservative. Like, but Seth Rogen, who's a big Sony person, is personally yeah. This scared. is the end. Doesn't have one, thankfully. Yeah. Well. For now, what about Sausage that? Party? What about you know uh, the thirty-minute version of Sausage Party? What about Pineapple Express? Like, what they could easily do these next, and he begged them not to. So hopefully they don't. I I doubt Point Grey would back out, but Green Hornet seems up that alley. Given that it they could like, it they wanted could to be a family-friendly movie, except it went for a hard R. Like maybe it could kind of be championed. Was it PG thirteen? Green Hornet, yeah. That was really PG thirteen then. I yeah, remember like no, cars really, exploding really and people was. getting like, shot. It was and... funny and raunchy, but they went for PG thirteen. Wow! Um, like that movie cost over a hundred million dollars. So yeah, I think they had to. Like they, it was probably a contract saying, "Yeah, this has to be PG 13 I'd still like to see the conversation. They made some of that money. Where back. Sony and Seth Rogen convince Michelle Gondry to direct that thing. Dude, he brought like it's a, with Christoph it's cool how that production works because everybody and brings their thing. It's like, yeah, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg bring themselves to the table. Neil Moritz brings himself to it, and Michelle Gondry does his thing. It's a really cool mesh of that. It's just the most bizarre. Like out of all of the superhero films, even if that one's kind of outside of that realm a little like, bit, it's up there with Kickass for me. I really yeah, do love the Green. I, I can see that. It's just yeah, like. I would love to see a documentary or read like a book about the process of getting that together. Like if if it's on the Blu-ray, is it really? They have well. Uh, how long is the feature? Uh, there's featurettes. They're all sprinkled over. But I mean, you know, also the audio commentary is a fun listen. Where uh, I mean, it's I don't know if you've heard any of the Judd Apatow or like Seth Rogen commentaries uh-huh. before, but they fuck around a lot. And yet you also have Neil Moritz and uh, Michelle Gondry kind of joining in on that, but also being serious and giving out some really cool information so mm. it's uh, uh yeah it's interesting like i i don't know if they mentioned kevin smith though um probably not yeah because I mean, that was a not a sony production at the time he's a footnote but, in that story so yeah it's, it's not the biggest thing um sony going from not not sure really really what they're doing with their content library to totally finally fucking getting it they must have listened to our podcast um, they're continuing to flex their content offerings in VR. In the past, they did that Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which is episodic. There's going to be more for that. They did Passengers. They did this. They'll probably do Spider-Man in the coming months. 
Breaking Bad's getting one. Vince Gilligan is 100% involved. It's <laughs> owned by Sony, that's mm-hmm. true. This is not, that is not AMC, it's Sony Pictures Television. And this is going to be an experience, not a game. It is, who knows, maybe it's a continuation of the show following Jesse. Maybe it's like reliving certain moments. Um, we won't find out for some time yet. But I like this. This is going to be, they've already announced, a PSVR thing. Probably not 100%, but as an exclusive time to try to push more units. They've officially sold more than a million now, which is cool. Um, definitely more than HTC Vive and Oculus Rift combined still. And maybe tomorrow they have some really, really huge announcement about E3. I'm sure there's going to be something. that Sony, they're not Microsoft. They're going to show something that fucking blows the doors off of someone. Like, it's, it's going to be bad. I, I think... Microsoft went first on purpose so they didn't have to try to compete and they could win one day's new cycle but most people like me just weren't there's nothing to see there like it's it's a dead horse like it's I like what they're trying to do I think backwards compatibility is a good fit for them but they stopped innovating them trying to innovate is look at all the bells and whistles that are on this thing isn't that hot but these bells and whistles do nothing. They just make sounds. Well, now it's literally about quantity, not quantity, quality. Yeah. Well, it's not even about quantity, though. Like, if you went on Quality Google or innovation. And you looked up a list of exclusive, not Xbox One, but exclusive Xbox franchises. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in the mid to low double digits. Be right around 25. If you're do looking at active IP, it's closer to, like, 12. And... That's not bad, but for a company that's been in the gaming industry for almost 15, a little bit more than 15 years, actually, that just doesn't cut the cake. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I don't know why like you would be enamored and want to be an Xbox fan still. There's a reason why so many people made the Switch this generation, and I just... I want them to <laughs> succeed. I like competition. I like the rivalry that is there because it's the last form of it. Like, Nintendo will never be Sony's rival. That's just not even fair. Um, and I I don't know. It's just maybe, maybe they need to be victimized. Maybe they need to be hacked. Maybe Disney shouldn't be the only one. Because guess what? They were hacked in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. No, we didn't talk about it. We talked about them not doing anything about it and calling their bluff. It actually happened. Um, so it wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean. It wasn't Cars 3. It was some unaired ABC program that's coming out, actually just landed this weekend, called Thunderdome, which is hosted by Steve Harvey. The first eight episodes were stolen by the Dark Overlord, the same people that did Orange is the New Black, which coincidentally went out this weekend as well. Um, You can see this now. This is like a weird kind of like Shark Tank show where the crowd votes if it's a yes or a no, and if you Mm -hmm. vote for yes, then you get like a free item or like stock options or some weird shit like that. I don't know. Um, This show's not going to suffer. If anything, this is kind of like built-in advertising. It doesn't matter. But... Why would Disney lie about this? They got caught with their pants down now. Maybe it's not the biggest thing ever. It is a new IP, but like I said, it's not going to hurt it. If anything, it's going to have more people turn out to watch it if they're a fan of watching the pirated material. But they could have easily said, yeah, they stole something, but it wasn't a movie. Don't worry about it. Instead, they went, we're not going to pay the ransom. 
fuck that. Well, you think we're made of money? We don't have enough money to buy Marvel and Lucasfilm and fucking Pixar. Are you, are you crazy? We don't have the staff to help lines of five-hour people well, for the new California Adventure. Of course they knew what they stole. Like Hell. Companies like Disney have security agents that definitely broadcast their servers and watch. They, it's not even an agent. It's just a program that watches just traffic. Say, when someone steals something, and they, I mean... When they claim they have some, I imagine servers are more secure for stuff like Pirates or for Cars 3 or any major tentpole. For this... No, I think it's the same probably server. Probably not, so people could easily just bat an eye. I think it's the same server. They're not going to isolate certain things on different networks. It's probably all one and the same. I'm just saying, we don't know for sure. Yeah, we? for all we know, he still or they still have like an actual movie movie. They could have Cars 3 still. And by the way, I saw the Cars 3 trailer. It's mm-hmm. 100% Talladega Nights. Like, not even, oh, it, that's kind of similar. No, like, 100%. The story is, Lightning McQueen's lost his edge. This new foreign dude comes in who's a better race car driver than him. He <laughs> crashes and burns, is paralyzed and scared of driving, has to go through rehab, and then climbs back to the top and is the best again. And it's NASCAR. It's Ricky Bobby. I, when I saw this trailer before, like, it looked good in 3D, and there's a VR joke that oh, I yeah. laughed I mean, at. Cars 2 looks great in 3D. But holy fucking shit does Sony need to, like, sue them. It's it's seriously stealing, like, the whole movie. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Because the one about the relationship with Marvel, that's probably what's keeping them from doing it. Probably. I mean, honestly, I have not seen the trailer. See this trailer. I, it is I, Talladega I really Nights. I kind of just don't care. This is the ballad of Ricky Bobby. Except I there's, believe you when you say it. There's I mean, not going to be rednecks, like and it, there's not going to yeah. be praying to baby Jesus and Mountain Dew and baby Einstein de- developmental videos. There's not going to be just, a dude with a hairy back catching on fire not, and just, praying know, Oprah Winfrey. I like Winfrey. Pixar. There was a time when I loved them, and now I'm just kind of like, did we really need Cars 3 for this? Do we really need Coco? Oh, right. We need toys. That's right. We really need Coco? We'll see how that goes. Well, that's an original uh, piece of filmmaking. So, th- I mean... It, it's pretty much the book of life. I hope not. No, I mean, it... We'll see. We'll see. So, here's break time. This is where we try to sell you something or anything. I'm going to go local this time around. Last week was Carmex. The week before that was Fleshlight. I'm going local. Uh, I went to Taqueria Ala Mexicana tonight. I think it was location number three. Pretty well-known Mexican spot in Long Beach, or spots, rather. I got the sope and four tacos. There's always a line when you go. It doesn't matter what time. It is not cash only, but might as well be. Most of them don't have dining rooms. It's kind of just a shack with the little like tables next to it. Great tacos. You want lengua? You want cabeza? How about asada? You you want pollo? Carnitas? Do you want? What do you want? They got it. They got the good sodas. They got the agua frescas. They got they got burritos. Like they got it all. It, it tastes authentic. It tastes hometown. And I guarantee you're gonna get more than one. So please order them. I had the green sauce because green sauce is the only way to go. Red sauce is proposers. Um, the funny thing too is we tried to go last night. We were driving to one of the locations. There was, like, traffic. No, there wasn't traffic. There was, like, road construction and ended up 
not ended up going to Coco's among all things it's like we got a reservation not over the phone because fuck Korean barbecue they didn't let us do it we showed up got the reservation said 40 minutes we're like yeah that's not happening we got Coco's and all the while just thinking about damn I wish we had those tacos we got them today we walked great time I still crave it I love sopes if you don't know what sopes are this is the place you want to go. If you're in the Long Beach area, better yet, if you're visiting Los Angeles for some reason, whether you're going to TwitchCon or just to experience the weather, go to one of the many. I think there's five locations in Long Beach. You're going to enjoy it. It's not going to break the bank. For $10, you can get something really good. I'm sure you're going to take pictures of it. If you like that ad, you could pay for one. It's not going to be on this show because this show is about to end, but it will be on our other content. Dollar Views and Debt Cinema are soon about to get commercial breaks just like that if you want to support us. Uh, the ads are on patreon.com slash dollar views. The price point currently is $50. That's probably going to be fixed since it's going to be less spots available for you to advertise with. So come for us if you're a local restaurant, whether that be in Austin or Long Beach. Maybe you're a website that wants more traffic. If you're a lip balm, it doesn't matter what you are. You can always use more people or more users, and we can help you do that. We just ask for a little bit of scruff. You scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours, and we'll even blow you all the way. Uh, we would love more money because hey i'd buy that for a dollar and you definitely want to buy us because i'll talk your shit off and i'll make the wheels burn because it'll be straight fire um here's the fun last section of the show which has evolved many 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 times but this is its last date and it's called do you want to know more it is a riff on starship troopers which hopefully i will be seeing in a 35 double feature this upcoming week at the new beverly with robocop but it's sold out so no fingers crossed we'll see how lucky i am Basically, these are things that happened, whether that be really, really interesting or kind of weird, and I just want to know more about it. This is kind of material that's going to show up in the follow-up at the top of the show, and if that were to happen over the next seven days, it will be, but I highly doubt it, and it's just kind of food for thought. Um, so the first of which is kind of related to the first thing on the show. Uh, it is not Netflix, it's not Okja, but it is Khan. Um, the director of Blue's the Warmest Color, Abeldef Kachichi, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that right. I've not even seen the movie It's like Abdelatif Kachichi is going to be auctioning off his palm d'or and paintings featured in Blue's the Warmest Color to fund his new film, Mektub My Love, which has been in production pretty much since Khan 2013. Uh, who cares what this new one is about? It's in limbo. The backers backed out. But given just the controversial nature of this filmmaker from both the actors he's worked with and the fact that he won the most prestigious or one of the most prestigious awards in filmmaking and is now selling that award to make another film just kind of screams douchebag to me. I can't imagine someone doing this. What's to sell an award just to make a film? Not just an award, the Palme d'Or. The thing I that mean, made your career you and your allowed you to make this film enough to get it made, then yeah, like absolutely. But the real question be should be is why isn't this film being made? It's backed by like the second richest bank in terms of film financing in France. 
He has a Even big the name. Biggest high-profile filmmakers have trouble getting financing. Man, it's not like no. This already started production. It's through most of it. I think he's actually selling this stuff so he can finance post-production. Something that costs a lot less money than the actual shooting of a project. Matter of fact, you could hire some intern out of college. They'll do it for free. Just feed them. Maybe not even feed them. Just give them coffee, and Things they'd be happy enough. Abroad, Brian. Perhaps bring it here. Then I would do it. No, I wouldn't. Like I said, this guy sounds like a d bag. Um, but I, with this happening, I can imagine that Khan would want to accept this film as a selection whenever it's nominated. Now, it's kind of like slapping them in the face. They made his career, and now he's taking that winning, and kind of like reincarnating it. I mean, he's more focused about his film, and I mean, that's all that it says to me. It's not like a fuck you. It's if he's desperate to fucking get financing, then yeah, I mean, props from the movie, that's a way to do it. You know, the award itself, well, you know, I I don't think I'd go that far. I don't think anyone goes that far. At the same time, I don't think that's a bad idea unless you're really, really, really desperate for financing. This guy must be really, really desperate because, as far as I know, no one wants to touch him with a stick. Like, his stars. A blue is the warmest color. Accused him of many things, most notably that he was, uh, like, not promiscuous. That's the wrong word, but like sexually innocuous. Like he kind of harassed them on the set during the sex scenes because blue is the warmest color is straight up like a porno. It's a lesbianic love story mm-hmm. where it's not unsimulated. I mean, it's not simulated sex, but it. I don't know. Like it looks like it's. It, this it's a porno. Like, when they're having sex, you are going to be aroused, you know? Like, it, it's that kind of film, which is perfect for French filmmakers and viewers, and it's the reason why things like that win the Palme d'Or. But, mm-hmm. like, this is the equivalency, in my opinion, of Leonardo DiCaprio when he won his Best Actor Award, his, his Oscar. If he started vaping during his acceptance speech instead of saying, we need to save the environment... <laughs> It's like smoking a big cloud. Fuck the environment. This this cloud it tastes so good. Uh, like uh, I see this almost that same kind of caliber. Just how morally fucking checkered it is. As you can do whatever you want. It's your award. You made your piece of filmmaking. Like whatever. Do you? But at the same time, it's. I mean that's where I you know I don't know the guy so yeah. I I don't it's have hearsay to, like, I don't I don't know him either there, but like I just I, mean, I can't like, imagine doing this myself with even like a shitty award you know like say it's like an Olympic bronze medal I can't mm-hmm. imagine selling that to finance something unless you're like on your last legs and you need rent money and you're you're dying I mean you, you know, said this was financed by like a major bank too, major bank so I don't I mean they're not out of be, money I think it's but, more I mean, like how big. If they shot this, how big was this production that they need posts? I think know? that this is more of a they don't want to finance it anymore either because they don't like him. They end up not liking the project or they decided, hey, fuck it. It's not worth it type of thing. And he's taken it into his own hands. You could easily spin the story. You'd be like, this guy loves his next film so much that he's willing to part ways with his palm door. Like, this could be fuck. a Heaven's Gate thing. You never know. It, it could be something like, like seriously, that. Seriously, how big is this movie if he really needs money for posts? It's not epic. I think it's like basically a love triangle movie. It's small. And what was Heaven's Gate? But that's an epic. Mm-hmm. 
you know, this is, I think this is just like some kind of artsy fartsy, small time, little check me out production. Kind of like Blue's Warmest Color. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's a humanistic story. It's not bombs going off in carriages mm. and let's build a whole town to make this movie look like the best thing ever made. Cause Hey, it's yeah. fucking gorgeous. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see where this one goes. I'm, I'm going to track this story. Just because this is probably gonna be like one of those things where when the movie comes out, no one even talks about it because it's not worth talking about. Hmm. We're gonna be doing a review, and it's like, oh yeah, this is the movie that he sold his Palm d'Or for. And you're like, oh well, that's one thing to talk about. Didn't we ever talk about that before? We're like, yeah, okay, well, what's the next movie? Yeah, you know, just be like, all right, that was a thing, and then <laughs> probably be like, yeah, and the movie's okay. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, someone who's okay is Alibaba. They just did something fairly big. They're breaking more than okay. Then <laughs> yeah, they're breaking into a territory that no one really has. Uh, Alibaba Pictures has purchased India's second largest online ticket broker, Ticket New. Um, this is their first move outside of China, indicating, in my opinion, that Wanda may be next to tap the the great unknown, which is Hindi land. Um, they're set to implode financially. They have such a big population. Just Indian filmmaking, Bollywood, is such a big industry, not just there, but elsewhere, and that they have just a, a rich amount of stars that could easily be used um, in any number of films since like their kind of cinema is really just universal. It, it's all genre at once that... Hey, really smart. I don't know if this means like Alibaba is gonna start making hin- like Hindi movies, or if they're gonna you know try to bring those to China or whatever. But they are opening doors with them. They you know have the second you know most prolific ticket site now. That if anything, I'm happy this was Wanda. They're probably gonna be mm-hmm. next. Like I said, they're probably gonna get the number one because why wouldn't they? They are number one, but. I still don't know how Wanda doesn't have a U.S. like ticket retailer. I would think that they would buy someone. Like, obviously not Fandango, but, like, MovieTickets.com. That way they can have the ticket site, the theaters, I mean, is movie the studio. still around? Yeah, I think they're still around. Um, but if, mm-hmm. if you have literal vertical integration, when you own the studio, you own the lot, the distribution company, the theater it's playing in, and you sell the tickets... That's the dream come true. That's, you know, that's mm. what Warner Brothers, Time Warner does with Fandango. They just don't own theaters. So, mm. I don't know. Power to Alibaba, though. I, I still kind of can't believe that they're not in America yet. I would love a competitor for Amazon. Give it time. I don't know. I feel like they're just, it's such, it's almost impossible now. It would be so hard for them to scratch their way into the e-commerce side of American industry because it's already set up in such a way that even if someone just came to be here, they wouldn't take off. And I don't think their name brand recognition would get them very far just because it, it sounds so foreign. Like Open Sesame, like, okay, I get it, but I, yeah. I, I just I don't, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, talking about e-commerce, though, this is probably the coolest thing that I saw this week. Um, I even shared it on Facebook, which is something I almost never do. But Amazon is now offering Prime members, and I maybe you saw this too, or Prime membership at a discount. It, yeah. Oh, there you go. At a discount to EBT members. This is cool. Prime currently is about $9 a month, $10 a month. 
Um, EBT qualifiers are actually going to get it for $6 a month, which is much, much less. Uh, the cool thing about this isn't necessarily that, hey, people that are too poor to actually buy things can get Amazon. No, 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 no. It's that people that are SNAP enrollees, which is the government foundation for getting people that need food, groceries, and whatnot, are now going to have Amazon Fresh deliveries. So they could fill up a, a cart on Amazon now and get their groceries actually delivered to their house, which means that they're not going to rely on government assistance for transportation, whether that be public mm-hmm. or otherwise. It means that they don't need cars if they are doing that, or maybe they don't have to walk, um, and maybe they can save money. But when you couple this with Amazon Cash the other month, you know, being at CVS, and I, I think it was like Walgreens, it's at GameStop now, which is crazy. Like, you can literally take, like, your video games and shit, sell it at GameStop, and then instead of getting cash, get that converted into Amazon money and buy anything on Amazon with that, you know, trade currency, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it kind of signals to me that Bezos clearly isn't looking to make e-commerce only for the rich, like the people with credit cards, but rather available to all. And when you have Amazon doing this among all of the many things that they do all the time, Alibaba just... This is exactly just, why they can afford doing that. Well, not only that, but it's why Alibaba has, like, no chance. Like, they don't even understand. They don't know what welfare is. Like, they would not be able to compete with this EBT program. Yeah, they're used to a different system. Yeah, the one-child policy. <laughs> Which, I mean, isn't even a thing anymore, but it kind of... I bet you it still is unofficially. I actually uh, was talking to someone earlier today at the party I was at that recently went to China. He did, like, an Asian tour. He's a DJ. He did, like, Thailand. He did Tokyo. I think he'd been both of those places, at least Tokyo, like, once or twice. But he'd never been to China. He said it was so bad that, like, he was at a restaurant, and he asked for water, and they said, no, you've already gotten too much water. And he actually bought food. I can't. I can't imagine that. I I would, I would I I would like want to burn the place down. Yeah, that is weird. I, I drink so much water. If I go somewhere, I drink at least one glass of water. Like I always yeah, have. Keep in mind though, that's one thing where you're lucky about living in the states is that not everywhere in the world is water for free. Maybe, but this wasn't water for free. This is. I just I bought a meal at your restaurant. You turn the yeah, tap on like, and you give it to me. Yeah, that was weird. I can't that's imagine really that. I would, like, want to cry. Like, what do you mean I can't have water? I don't understand that either. That's so fucking crazy. When he told me, I was like, what? Maybe they're trying to conserve and finding excuses for it. I don't know. More like he didn't look like he was from there, and they wanted him to get the fuck out the restaurant, probably. (laughs) What a bunch of racists. And this dude has dreadlocks, and he's clearly of Egyptian descent. Well, not clearly, but kind of now, because he wears an onk around his neck. Well, you do know that there is uh, discrimination in in Asia to like anyone that's uh, not, of any yeah. African region, yeah, or just to anyone. Period, unless they're yeah, white. It's, it's not just stateside. No, they're pretty fucking racist in Asia to black people. Well, that's kind of the pretty fucking. That's kind racist. of the whole world, including people in Africa, even Europe, yeah, or yeah, just yeah. people in Africa. Look at you know Hotel Rwanda, South Africa, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're fucking racist to each other. Yeah, yeah. It, you're black, I'm black, but hey, you, you're a different kind of Muslim. Well, you know, we're all just so damn fucking tribal. It's, yeah. Black Panther, tribal. Moving on. Do it. Uh, this is the thing that I read this week that I'm most excited about and something that I'm actually going to follow up on my own. I do want to know more, and I'm going to ask the right people. 
Uh, 90 California libraries are going to be getting 100 Oculus Rift headsets and touch controllers in the coming months. <laughs> the idea is that... I guess that they're staying around for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the idea here is that, just like libraries are for the public on the whole, a way to provide access for free to content regardless of people's place in the world, that VR is at a place now, especially as an educational tool, that anyone should be able to do it. And so apps are going to be available at launcher including like Google Earth, I think Tilt Brush, Apollo 11, there's going to be a star chart. I'm sure there's going to be like uh, um, the Oculus Story Studio films, even though that's dead now, among others. But it's interesting enough, you know, that this is going to be a thing, but libraries are going to actually have to monitor and clean slash fix the issues themselves. They're going to need an IT person. And better than that, Long Beach's main public library is actually getting a unit so I looked for a job, uh, like, opening. It's not there yet. I'm going to go to a library call someone. I Hamid's sister actually works for the downtown Long Beach Public Library. So maybe, I didn't even know he had a sister. Yes, too. And so I, maybe I'll have to try to get in touch with one of them to see if I can get my foot in the door. But this sounds perfect for me. I would love to be able to give people their first virtual reality experience, not to mention at a public library, and I don't know. It just sounds perfect. It's like it's either this or uh, the upload VR reporter position that's available currently. Uh, maybe I apply for that and then try to look do into it, this man. and just maybe got do nothing both. To lose by sending a resume. I, I really don't. So I'm probably gonna do both of those. Uh, I should have done the upload thing already. Uh, but I, I'm very excited about this library thing. This is basically a test run. If it's successful, it's gonna make it to more California libraries, and then eventually, hopefully, just libraries. Period. Because it is a great, just educational tool or kind of uh, uh, just anthropological tool. If you can put on this headset and see what it would be like to live in like 1960s Georgia during like the civil rights movement, you could literally experience that firsthand instead of watching like some shitty like Ken Burns documentary or looking at photos or like looking at microfish for a newspaper or reading a textbook or, you know, <laughs> watching Selma that you could have a out of body experience or inner body experience and fully go there, or go to space, or go here, or go see the Eiffel Tower. Like, the, the possibilities are limitless in VR, and um, I'm happy we're at a place now where it's been accepted so grand that uh, a state such as my own is going to embrace this and allow everyone, just like Amazon, to have exposure to it, especially if they don't have the money currently to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to actually access this on, this on their own time. Uh, cool. So kudos to them. Um, the final thing I got for the show is just, uh, it's non, it's important. Fuck it. It's, Facebook is trying to make it into, uh, well, it's actually related. So I'll cover it real fast. Uh, By giving libraries in California an Oculus Rift. Well, that's the segue, but it's not even about that. Facebook is determined to become a major player in the video game sector. Uh, so they're ditching VR just so that's free for the public and making it mm, focus more on video gaming? Sort of. It's more like the video game video sector. They're trying to follow Amazon's Twitch and Microsoft's Beam, or I mean Mixer, and YouTube gaming um, into the same industry. And how they're going to do that is starting with the living room by having their Facebook app 
use this content mm-hmm. to push their branding. There's already a lot of people out there, including like The Verge, that for some reason use Facebook to broadcast their content, like them doing gameplay. And so this is going to give them a better market share on devices such as Apple TV, which lack Twitch or Mixer apps. And that's kind of cool. I mean, more competition's better. I mean, if you own Oculus, you own a part of video game history, and it would make sense to get into a, another side of things. I don't care about that. What I care about is the side note on this news item, which I just kind of conjoined just because I didn't know where else to put it. And that's that Palmer Lucky is already moving on. We knew that he left Oculus or was forced out or whatever you want to call it a couple of months back during that whole political thing that happened during Trump's presidency and then the Zenimax trial. But the Long Beach native is going to be taking what he did at Oculus, his probably connections or whatever you want to name it, and starting a border crossing surveillance company. Um, I guess that's cool. It's going to be using like computer learning and, and, and laser and sonar and all kinds of different technologies to just further implement, you know, just some guy in a, in a Jeep driving across the border looking for dudes type of thing. The real item here is, is that I'm not a crackpot. Because that first employee at Oculus that they hired who left Facebook just a week or two ago mm-hmm. is going to be working for Palmer Lucky at this new company. So it does seem like people might jump ship. He's already got the first person. Maybe there's going to be a wave of people. and Maybe Oculus Story Studio closing wasn't necessarily because they wanted out of the game, but rather the game had to be changed. That they are shifting to video game videos instead of actual gaming because they don't know what they're doing. Or better yet, when games such as exclusive... um, Fuck, what's it called? Lucky's Tale, which is a VR exclusive on Oculus gets a 2D version called Super Lucky's Tale only on Xbox in the coming months that they're just kind of leaving what they're doing and libraries have nothing to do with that. But who knows? Maybe they'll even sell off Oculus in the future. Um, But I called it. Maybe not exactly the way that I thought it was going to go, but yeah. And... Well, at least they're doing something and, uh, you know, just trying to build up something new differently, I guess. Yeah learning from their mistakes. I wish I didn't have to end the show this way. When I was at the party earlier, there was a good amount of people there, one of them being Greg, who's been on the show, <laughs> Greg Krish. And I, I told him... an interview? Hmm. Before I went to get tacos, because I was really hungry, and the grill master was taking a break, I told him, I was like, hey, don't go anywhere. I'm going to be back. I want to do something. And when I came back, he was gone. Or maybe I didn't see him, so I didn't get him on. Which kind of sucks, but whatever. I'll see him again in the future, but this show won't exist. Uh, if you liked what we heard, or if you liked what you heard, rather, for the last hour and a half, and you want to hear more, we do have other shows, even though this one's going to be ending next week. Uh, the first of which is Dollar Reviews. It's the one that's been going on the longest since 2012, if you want a street date on that. It's our spoiler-free show that we do for with no recaps for recent releases, whether that be on streaming or in theaters. We've done TV and games and music, but that's generally not par for the course. We do lots of superhero stuff. We did uh, Wonder Woman. We did Logan, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange. We do Star Wars. We did Ghostbusters, Power Rangers. If it's a big popcorn movie, we're probably going to catch it. Less so if it's animated. Uh, we also do, like I said, streaming. So I don't feel at home in this world anymore, which is on Netflix. Same goes for Sandy Wexler, Ridiculous Six, The Do-Over, and Tallulah. On the Amazon side of things, The Handmaiden, Camera Person, uh, 
hologram for king uh, among others and then we also do like i said theatrical release things that are you know more on the claim side uh we did l la la land green room swiss army man and magic mike double xl which will probably forever and always be our most listened to show for some reason i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna argue uh our other show though i'm still surprised by that no i never will be our other show, though, is Debt to Cinema. It's our semi-topical list of shame show. It's the one that more people listen to. It's the one that we actually have an audience for, probably. Uh, is where we pick either one or another, something that we have either never seen or want to see with the other person. Or we take requests. We do take requests. We have one of the books thus far. Um, in the coming weeks, we have uh, Bullet in time for Baby Driver, Stepfather for Father's Day. We're about to put out The Mummy 1932 this upcoming week. Last week, we did The Mummy 1999. Um, some other things that we've done recently, Wong Kar Wai, uh, his In the Mood for Love, and also Infernal Affairs, two Hong Kong films from the last decade. Uh, four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days, which is a Palm d'Or winner. Other Palm d'Or winner... Um, not all the presents, man. Uh, the conversation. We did Howard the Duck for Guardians of the Galaxy. We try to line it up. It, it, they're usually pretty interesting. They're almost never bad. Um, but that's what almost. I got. Almost. Uh, we, we hope you... Hey, fuck off. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, you, you, don't tell you us. You to expect that one. Don't, Come on. If man. you didn't like the show, just don't say anything. Because, you know, I'd rather you say nothing than something nasty. Uh, if you want to reach out to us once again, Facebook, Twitter... Instagram, WordPress, Tumblr. If you look for dollar reviews, you're going to find us. If you're on Google, it might be a little harder. Just look for either Debt Cinema or type in my name or or who knows, maybe uh, maybe Silver Dollar one of these days will pop up. Probably more currency <laughs> than anything else because we do believe in that. Uh, Google Play Music, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, SoundCloud, Podcat. Once again, look for dollar reviews. If you want to find a direct link on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash dollar review. No S at the end of it. But that's the show. That's what we got. And if you've never listened before, come back one last time. I'm Brian Gillis. See you later. I gotta say, if we record at a reasonable time next week, then this should be the last time I'm on the verge of passing out while recording. So, <laughs> historic moment. Suck it in. <laughs> See ya.